Use your aggressive feelings, boy. Let the hate flow through you. sort of podcast go um this uh, i'm probably gonna do this as a steak bite just a little short episode um i'm recording this after uh the lions versus the chicago bears game um (laughs) yeah it didn't necessarily go too well for the lions to be honest with you i really didn't watch the game which i'll uh get into that in a second but even though I didn't watch the game I was inspired to uh oh is that Nick Vanette okay sorry y'all I got a little distracted I'm watching the second uh, half of the games this this Sunday but um I was inspired to, you know, hop on here and 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 talk about the Lions because of um well, it's, it's a young lady who I follow on Facebook and Instagram or whatever. She has uh a YouTube, well, she had a YouTube channel and I'm I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be relaunching it. Her name is uh Brittany Mont Tana, um, make sure you guys follow her. Um, she she has a YouTube channel. It was called Sports Babes, and I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I enjoyed getting her takes on um, you know things in sports, and you know, I I enjoy hearing a woman's sports point of view. Um, and, and you know, she's very knowledgeable about sports, and you know, I, I enjoyed her channel. And <laughs> following her on Facebook today, matter of fact, I think it was yesterday, uh, she said if the Lions lose that she's officially uh, bailing out. She's no longer a fan. She's she's given up on her team. And what inspired me to, you know, hop on here and talk about this today is the fact that you know that that was the topic that she brought up on Facebook, and I find it funny—not necessarily funny, but it's just—it's funny to me that a lot of Lions fans, you know, at some point in their life of Lions fandom, they get to that point where they say, "Hey, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm sick of this team. I'm done." And most of the time. I I don't believe people when they say that. Uh, I think people are just, most of the time, I think people are angry because of the results. I think they're just mad. Um, But I do believe that there are people that truly, you know, move on from this team and um, can truly be Lions free. And I know this because I'm one of them. You know, like I said, I didn't watch the game. Um, I mean, I know the results. The Lions lost 34-22. to 22. Uh, I saw bits and pieces of the game because every Sunday I – well, I, I'll get into that in a second. I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But I did see, you know, the, the big plays of the game. And uh, losing 34-22 to, to 22, I think it's their third loss in a row. They're 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 on a downward spiral. They got off to a bad start in the season. They got a couple wins to you know get to three and three. Um, they they lost to the Seahawks after the bye week where they didn't look good at all. After that, they traded 
um, Golden Tate for a third round pick, which you know I think was a good move. And then after that, you know they've it basically looks like that team has given up. So now we're starting to get Lions fans that are are, are giving up on them as well, such as uh, as Brittany. And, you know, just her talking about her wanting to, you know, be Lions free and no longer being a fan and giving up on this team inspired me to hop on the mic and kind of talk about that. Talk about my own personal experience with, uh, you know, giving up on the Lions and um, just this, this organization in general and Lions fans in general. So... And, and 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 let me just say I I don't have an outline for this. I literally just turned the recorder on after the you know the first uh, half of the games went off the the one o'clock games went off today. So we're just gonna freestyle this. You know I'm gonna try and keep this as organized as possible. You know try to make some sense. But the the general premise of this episode. It is basically the concept of being Lions free, uh, giving up on the Lions. You know, one, can you can people truly do it? Um, if so, how do you go about doing that? And how did I go about doing that? And, and why people want to give up on this team? Um, I personally gave up on this team. Ugh. I want to say like th- three years ago. I think that's the last time they made the playoffs when they went up against Seattle. That the end of that season was the point of my life where I, I literally just had to move on. I I have had a love hate relationship with this organization for a long time. I've I've never after like. The uh, like during the Matt Mellon years is when I kind of started to to you know become apathetic to towards the team. Um, I I did, just didn't never I never believed that they were gonna you know do anything. They are an organization that <laughs> I think the best way to describe being a Lions fan I've heard this plenty of times. Listen. Example that I've used myself. The best way to describe being a Lions fan is being in an abusive relationship. Um, like as soon as you you feel like they've got their act together and they're not going to abuse you anymore, and you start to trust them. Wait, is that Devontae Adams? Yes, it is. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. I needed that for my fantasy team. Oh, that's another part of it, but I, I'll jump into that too. But being In that abusive relationship, you know they they make they change for a little while. They they start to do well. They don't abuse you, and you start to trust them again. As soon as you start to trust them again, and you let your guard down, you know they they start abusing you again, and they they go to losing, and they make mistakes or bad luck hits. Um, they make a bad draft pick. They or they have a bad draft in general. They they spend their money horribly. It's just no matter what, this team always finds a way to uh, screw things up. And I, for for a long a long time, I've had a love hate relationship with this team. You know, I've been waiting time and time again for them to finally get their act together and they've had plenty of opportunities and and to you know show that they got their act together um when they finally got rid of Matt Mellon and they tr- traded uh what's his name Roy Williams to get a first and a third round pick and you know we went 
0-16 that year, so we guaranteed ourselves the number one pick in the draft. So you had two first-round picks and two third-round picks, and you had this new GM and, and a, a new coach, a just a brand-new start. The one thing that I – I'll take that back. It was two things that they did in that first round. The first round, that, that pissed me off. I didn't want them to draft Matthew Stafford. I, I didn't believe Matt Stafford was – um, I, I thought he would be a good quarterback in the NFL. I just didn't think he would be the type of guy that would lead a team to a championship. Um, he had fits of inaccuracy. Um, wasn't too sure if he was the best at controlling uh, pregame. I mean, not pregame, pre-snap decisions. You know, line calls and. Uh, audibles and stuff like that. I just didn't feel like he was really the best at doing that in college. And mind you, I, I lived in Georgia for a little while in uh, Athens, Georgia, which is the home of the Georgia Bulldogs. So I got to see him um, every Saturday <laughs> down there. So I saw it for myself. And like before I moved down there that that one year. Um, you know, I heard all these great things about Stafford and how he, you know, was putting up these numbers. But when I got down there, I, a lot of people, uh, the Georgia Bulldog fans, were just down on him and didn't really like the kid. And I, I didn't understand why until I sat there and saw it for myself. And I'm like, yeah, this this is not the kid that we want. But they ended up drafting him in the first round, number one overall. And not only that, they, this was before the, I think, the not the last one was the one before the collective bargaining agreement where basically r- rookie quarterbacks were making unbelievable amounts of money without having to prove it like they were being like Matt Stafford when he came into the league the day he signed his contract he, he had a record contract his contract um had the most guaranteed money in it than any player in NFL history at that point so he hadn't played a single game but had more guaranteed money than anyone ever had in the history of the game at that point. So that's another reason why I didn't necessarily want to draft a quarterback. I wanted them to oh – I can't even remember who it was in that draft that year. I want to say Ray Malauga was one of the guys, and I wanted to build the offensive line and to build a defense – uh, but they didn't do that. They drafted Matt Stafford, and then with that, I want to say it was like the 14th pick in the first round, they drafted a tight end in the first round, Brendan Pettigrew. Uh, I, I don't like drafting tight ends in the first round, but that was kind of like the beginning of, uh, here we go. Um, they they still not, they're still, you know, not getting it. Um. As they built that team, and the next year they drafted Indomitian Sue, who I, I was a huge Indomitian Sue fan. I loved that pick. But there's another player that you had to pay tons of money to um, from day one. So you had those two large contracts. And then, you got, mind you, Calvin Johnson is still there. So fast forward down the line, they're – and, like, mind you, I'm a big Indomitian Sue fan. Uh, and Calvin Johnson, I thought they should have traded Calvin Johnson for, instead of re-signing him. But, you know, that was a very unpopular opinion here because people love Calvin Johnson. He was one of our – he was probably our best player, definitely our best offensive player. And for me to say trade him, people didn't understand why. And I'm like, you can't pay a wide receiver that kind of money. And then uh, they re-signed – Stafford to uh, like a three-year contract extension. So you you pay Calvin Johnson the, one of the largest contracts in NFL history for a wide receiver. Stafford had the mo- more guaranteed money, and Sue was making big money, and his contract was coming up. So you basically handcuffed your team by paying three players. And I just I, – I can't roll with this team, man. And then when it came time for – and Dominic Sue to you know either go or stay. They botched the contract negotiations. I'm I'm glad they didn't sign Sue. I, I felt like 
re-signing Sue would have been suicide because they would have messed up basically any and every opportunity to build a team because you, would, once again, would have money tied into three players. So, thankfully, he walked away and saved us from ourselves. Um, but the Lions didn't do anything ahead of time to prepare for him possibly leaving. And the year that he left, wait, no, 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 no. I don't think it was the year that he left. I think it was the year before. The Lions could have drafted a guy who's probably the best defensive player in the league right now and is actually playing next to Ndamukong Sue for the Rams, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was staring us right there in the face, but who did the Lions draft? Eric Ebron, another tight end in the first round, who ironically today uh, just scored three touchdowns in the game while the Lions just let him walk and didn't get anything for him. So it's just all these different examples of, like, this team just not, you know, knowing what to do. But the the big thing for me that um, made me jump off the bandwagon was, like, it, it was kind of personal. Growing up, I I wanted to go to the Super Bowl and see the Lions playing the Super Bowl. So a long time ago, I actually put some money away <laughs> for so I could buy Super Bowl tickets for when the Lions go to the Super Bowl. Well, after years and years and years of them being terrible, I kind of I started to lower my standards. I'm like, okay, I want to go to a Lions uh, NFC Championship game. I mean, that, that's not going to happen. Basically, I got to the point where I realized they're never going to go to the Super Bowl. They're not going to have all the success. So the only thing I, I, I want to go to a Lions home playoff game. And usually that first uh, weekend of the playoffs, the wild card weekend, is usually the weekend of my birthday. My birthday is January 7th, so usually around that time, when the wild card weekend uh, pops off. So, and Lions actually played, I think their last two of their last three, or maybe all three of them, they played their playoff game on my birthday, on January 7th. So, um, it would have worked out the way I wanted it to, but the Lions can't get right. They, they just can't get that home playoff game. And in order to get the home playoff game, you have to win the division. The Lions haven't won the division since 1993. Is it the 92 or 93? I think it's 92 because last year they celebrated their last. Uh, no, 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 no. It's like 93, 94, something like that. Anyway, the Lions haven't won the division since the 90s, almost 20, minimum 25 years ago, okay? And that's absolutely sad. They haven't won the division in 25-plus years. So for me to lower my standards of, you know, all right, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but then just, hey, just win the division – and they haven't been able to do that. And they've had at least four opportunities in the past eight years to do so. Um, it was one year where Aaron Rodgers and Jay Cutler got hurt. And the Divi- and we were like five and three. And all we had to do was win. No, I think we were like six and two. or No, we were six and three. And all they really had to do was win like two or three more games the rest of the way. And they would have locked up the division. Like Aaron Rodgers was he this is the first time he broke his collarbone. So like the division was right there for the Lions. And they could not win. I think they only won like one game the rest of the season. And they going like seven and nine. And I at that time I I'm pretty sure that I had already bought playoff tickets. They playoff tickets they went on sale and I bought playoff tickets because I'm like, man, it's pretty much locked up. But, no, they didn't make the playoffs. And then another year, 
they had an opportunity to win the division, and it came. I bought tickets again, and it came down to the last game of the year against the Green Bay Packers. If they had won, um, they would have won the division. And they lost, so they ended up having to. Yep, that was the Dallas year. They ended up having to go to Dallas and 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 play down there, and they lost that game. Um, two, no, three years ago. Same situation. They had the chance to win a division. It came down to the last game of the year against the Green Bay Packers again, and the Packers beat them. And they ended up having to play the playoff game against Seattle and lost to Seattle. So, and I, I think one of those, I think the one where they ended up playing the Dallas Cowboys ended up being like my 30th birthday. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 30th birthday. So all I wanted for my birthday was to go to a home playoff game. I didn't I didn't care if they won it. I didn't care if they got blew out. I just wanted to, you know, finally get this monkey off my back. This one thing that I wanted being a Lions fan cuz I, you know, at this point I basically given up on the team. You know, I I given up on any hope of a Super Bowl. I just wanted to say that I could end my fandom as a Detroit Lions fan by going to a home playoff game, and they can't do it. They just couldn't do it. And at that point, I was just like, I'm done. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep buying these home playoff ticket games and then getting this refund back. It's not. This isn't fun for me. I'm not enjoying this. I, I really did not enjoy watching them play football. It was it was frustrating. I was angry. You know, no, I wasn't even saying I was angry. It was because I, I, I really wasn't angry. I was becoming apathetic. I didn't care anymore. And at that, when it gets to the point where I don't care, and I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to force myself to care. It's just like it's time to move on. And I, I just gave up on this team because this team was giving up on themselves plenty of times. So, what I've done in, in <laughs> really the only thing that's like kept me into football I mean I said I enjoy the sport of football but the thing the main thing that's kept me watching football is fantasy football so what I did was I started to focus more on playing fantasy football so that way I could get some enjoyment out of watching it you know I, I didn't feel um beholden to watching the Lions play I could you know watch the guys that I have on my fantasy team um, whenever the Lions games come on, I rarely watch them. I don't think I've watched a whole Lions game this year. I mean, the closest one I came to watching was the Patriots game, which they actually won. I think that was a Sunday night game. Um, I fell asleep on the, the season opener against the Jets. The funny thing was, like, the first – like, one of the first plays of the game was – a pick six then the Lions score and he went up seven to nothing. So I'm thinking, oh, all right, and the Lions should actually win this game. I'm uh I fell asleep. And when I wake up and find out they were blowing out, I think it was like thirty eight something. Let's see if I can find the score of that game real quick. But when I found out that they were blown out and that I'm sorry, forty eight seventeen. Wow. But when I woke up and saw that I'm like, Yeah, that's about right. That's what the Lions do. You know, I, 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 and people might be asking, like, well, if you don't watch the games, like, what do you do? Like, I have the NFL red zone. I think the NFL red zone is one of the greatest inventions in television history. Basically, if you don't know what it is, it's, it's a channel that from, you know, the one o'clock kickoff until, like this, like seven thirty, they basically show the the best parts of every game from those t- from you know one to seven. So let's just say you had there's like two games on on TV. Let's say there's a CBS game and there's a the Fox game. Let's say I think today was the Patriots and the Titans, and then it was the Lions and the Bears today. So let's just say I'm watching the Bears game and they go to commercial break. I might switch it over to the Patriots game and watch that, 
you know, for a little while, and you'd be flipping back and forth between the channels. Well, basically, what the red zone does is it does that for you. Um, they flip through all all the games that are going on at that one time, and whatever you know team has an opportunity to score. If a team gets into the red zone, if a team is uh, driving down the field, they'll go to that game. There's no commercials. That's that's another bonus. It's no commercials. Um, and it just shows you the best action that's going on at any given moment. And, you, and they show you every single touchdown um, from the game. So that, that's another bonus of it, too. And so for someone that's a fantasy football player, if you want to actually see what your guys are doing, you, you want to see the actual touchdowns that your your, your players are are, uh, are, are um the actual touchdowns that your players made, you can watch the red zone. It's great for fantasy football fans. It, it, I mean, it's just great for people that just want to watch football and not necessarily have to watch an entire game and have to sit there through all the unnecessary commentary, watch all the commercials. You you just watch all the, the, the best action of the day. And I, I enjoy it. I have a good time. I get to see a little bit of every team each week. I get to see good football i'm not beholden to watching the lions you know you know frustrate the hell out of me you know every day every sunday you know what i mean so so once again shout out to Brittany. hopefully you listen to this there's an idea for you if you're really truly you know about to give up on watching the lions or you know not being a lions fan there's an idea for you you know get that nfl red zone or uh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh, all I'm going to say is somehow obtain the NFL red zone um, and just just watch the best football from each each team each week. It's, it's a lot better. You know, you, you get to see what great quarterbacks look like. You get to see what good defenses look like, you know. I, that's how I – that's – that was one of the big things for me. And also, you know, focus more on fantasy football. I love it. Fantasy football is <laughs> – man, I, I I can't tell you how much I love playing fantasy football. It's it's frustrating as hell at times, um, definitely, but it's it's fun. You're in control of that. You know, if you, you get angry at the Lions, you say, oh, they need to trade that guy, man. They need to cut that guy. Like if – as a Lions, I mean, as a fantasy football owner, if you really feel like that, if you like, man, I'm so tired of this guy having him on my team, you can cut him if you want to, you know? Playing fantasy football, I say you shouldn't use, use emotion, you should use logic, but, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Like, you're in control of that. You you are the one that makes the decisions on um, – what players you you put on your team or what lineup you set you're you're in control of that with watching the lions you sit there and watch them make these dumbass decisions every every sunday and every year you know it you don't have any control on that so fantasy football is a good substitute for that um oh and then here's the thing i, I didn't even do a, a season preview this year uh due to you know all the stuff that was going on in my life at the time but I was a lot of people are upset with the fact that the team got rid of Jim Caldwell. If you go back and listen to any episodes that I've done on on this show about the Detroit Lions, you people will know that I was not a fan of Jim Caldwell. Is that Aaron Jones? Damn, I didn't play Aaron Jones. Um, I'm sorry, I got distracted. But if you listen to any episodes that I've I've done on the Detroit Lions, you know I was not a fan of Jim Caldwell. You know I wanted him fired years ago. I you know that I felt like this team kept him here way too long. I, I didn't think he was a that good of a, a coach as far as like game managing. As far you know motivating players, I give him credit for that. He was very good at motivating his players, but. As far as like the X's and O's, and like the game game management, he was terrible at it. You know, he uh, was terrible at challenges. He um, 
what I used to say is that you can count every year that he's been there. You can count one to three games where you can directly say he caught his decisions cost him a game. It's every year one to three games, one to three losses. You can pin on his bad decision making. So I was glad when he was gone. Um, for those of you that probably know, I'm a I like the Patriots. I like the way they run their organization. For, so for them to go get the Patriots GM and have him start implementing some of those, those Patriot uh, philosophies, I, I thought that was a good idea. The thing that I hated was the fact that they made uh, Bob Quinn, the, the general manager of this team that came from the Patriots, the, the Lions made Quinn keep Caldwell. I'm like, you, you got a guy that's coming in here who wants to build things his way, and you're going to force him to stick with the coach from last year, from from the previous what, year or two? I thought that was that was absolutely stupid. But they got rid of Caldwell, and they, they bring in Matt Patricia, who's a Patriots guy, um, who I thought probably should have got that job as soon as Quinn came in. But then they do the same thing to Quinn. Quinn comes in. I mean, excuse me, uh, Patricia. Patricia comes in. He's a new coach. You get rid of Caldwell, but you keep the offensive of coordinator on an offense that looked absolutely horrible last year. And then let's let's talk about Stafford. They paid Stafford last year. Matt Stafford for basically a year was the highest paid uh, quarterback in NFL history again, right? When they signed that deal, when they re-signed him and, and paid him all that money, I, at that point I knew – I absolutely cannot go back to, you know, watching this team because they they are still trying to win win things with Matt Stafford and he's just not the guy. I thought when Bob Quinn came here, the, the, one of the first things he should have did was trade Matt Stafford. Yeah, there we go again. Me talking about trading, you know, quote unquote our best players, but you know, I just don't think you can win with the guy. But I know someone would have paid him the money that that uh, he got. Someone would have paid him because if you if you don't have a quarterback, you're you're looking for one. But the problem, and I know people hear me say that it's like, well, we have our quarterback. Why would you trade him? Like, no, because you're not going to win with him. You have seen this guy for eight nine years. You see what he is. He's giving you the best he has, and damn it, it's just not good enough. It's not. I mean, no offense to his wife. Yeah, he's out there giving us his best, but his best is not good enough. At least it's not good enough here. Now, I'm pretty sure that there's some coach out there that thinks that they can get their hands on Stafford and turn him into, you know, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? But here, it's just not going to happen. You've seen the best. You've seen what uh Stafford has to offer and it's not enough. So when they re-signed him to that deal, I just knew like yeah, I can't roll I can't get back on the bandwagon. Matt Patricia coming in, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe they can figure something out. But then they kept the same coordinator. They kept Jim Bob Cooter and Jim Bob Cooter. I, I've thought for since he's been here has been a disaster. He's he's bad at play, calling plays. His his system. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. So people kept saying like, oh, when Calvin Johnson left, man, Stafford, oh, he, he, he just, Calvin Johnson retired. We're gonna be terrible. I felt Matt Stafford honestly became a better quarterback when Calvin Johnson left because he then had to figure out how to throw the ball to different people, which I like for a while I thought he was actually doing a pretty good job of. But what I realized what happened was is that Matt Stafford can't grasp like concepts of offense. From, you know, what I've learned is that Jim Bob Cooter basically came in and had to absolutely simplify the offense. And, like, Stafford doesn't grasp, you know, the the more nuanced, complex uh, pieces of being a quarterback. He's not good at uh, pre-snap reads. He's not good at calling audibles. He's not good at, you know, changing blocking schemes and stuff like that. Like, the game last week against – 
Minnesota when he got sacked 10 times. Was part of that on his offensive line? Yeah. Part of that was on his offensive line. His offensive line at times did not give him the best situation. They didn't give him enough time. But part of that is on him as well because he's the one that controls the play calling. He's the one He's the one that can make the changes. He's the one that can uh, say, hey, I don't think this play is going to work. Like he, he's the one that can change the blocking scheme. He, that's his, you know, that's in his hands. He's the one that come, can come up to the line and say, hey, you see uh, number 57 right there? He's about to blitz. Block that guy. That that's where you know he's culpable in this situation. So at the end of the day, we we have to blame. We a lot of the blame has to go on Stafford because he's the one consistent thing with this organization over the past what ten years. And and when they re-signed him. And they didn't trade him, and I felt like they could have got a nice ransom for it. They could have got a couple draft first-round picks. They probably could have got a second or third in there somewhere, too. I mean, could have got. A, I felt like they could have got a whole bunch for Matt Stafford because he has a big arm, and there's some coach out there that probably believed they could fix him. And I and I think, like, if you would put him on a team that just needed a quarterback to put themselves over the top, like if you put Matt Stafford on a team like – Say Jacksonville, you know Blake Bortles is a disaster down there. But I think you put Stafford on that team, they might go to the Super Bowl last year. You know, you put a Blake Bortles on a team that's got that had weapons like the Broncos. If you put, as a matter of fact, the Broncos are one of the teams I wanted them to to trade with after the the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning here retired. I'm like the Lions need to go talk to them and say, hey. What what you gonna give us for Stafford? Because that was a team that still had a championship. Uh, they had a championship defense. They had uh, two damn good receivers and Emmanuel Sanders. And uh, at the time, Demarius Thomas was there. You put uh, Matt Stafford on that team, you might be able to get back to a, a championship. You might get another championship out of that run. But they didn't do it. They were too. They didn't have the balls to put make a bold move. I think Stafford can't win somewhere else. I just don't. I know it's just not going to happen here. But um, yeah, I went off on a little tangent there. But yeah, that's why I got the show. But being being a Lions fan is it's not enjoyable, man. It's not. It's miserable. It, it, this team makes you miserable and i enjoy the sport of football I'm, I'm i'm starting to have some things i don't like about it right now but i enjoy the sport of football and i i don't want to ruin my my enjoyment by watching the lions and just making me you know not enjoy this you know what i mean so i i, I gave up on them and I'm starting to see more and more people are leaning towards the you know same way of you know as I as I like to joke and say uh, coming to the dark side, come on over to the dark side. Yes, let the let the hate flow through you. Yes, <laughs> it is, and I'm telling you, people like I enjoy football a lot more now than I. I, I, I have in years, man, because, you know, every Sunday, you know, I watch the little pregame shows. I get my fantasy squad together, and I make my I usually make myself a little breakfast, sit down, you know, watch the pregame shows, and then um, sit in my man's chair or lay on the couch and, and watch uh, seven hours of, of of good football action, man. Good football action. That, that's the thing. I, I watch good football. I don't watch the Lions. I don't ruin my Sunday. Sunday is, is my day to rest and relax. And I can't rest and relax watching the Lions, getting my blood pressure all up and angry at me. But I can watch the NFL Red Zone and watch all the different teams, uh, all, the, all the great plays, and learn more about the individuals that are, you know, putting up numbers and 
helping me with my fantasy squad. I'm enjoying being uh being successful in fantasy football. Like I got like three teams well four four no, I, I've got <laughs> eight fantasy teams, I think. No, nine I've got nine fantasy teams. But I've got about four that I really, really follow seriously because there's money on the line in those leagues. And in those leagues, I am, let me see, six and three, six and three, five and four, and I think I'm six and three in the other one, yeah. So I'm I'm having success in fantasy football, and I'm and I'm enjoying that, and uh, watching Red Zone every Sunday is it's enjoyable. I'm 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 enjoying this. Jump off of the bandwagon, man! It it you, it doesn't. It's not gonna hurt you to to not follow this team. Uh oh. I think the Dolphins about to score a touchdown. On the Packers. Oh, okay, they got it together. All right, but um, yeah, like you don't, you do not have to follow this team. Just because you're from Detroit does not mean you have to be a fan. What has being a fan gotten you, people? What has this team given you? And and here's the thing you got to realize too. You hear people say all the time, like, "Oh, I used to hear this all the time. Oh, when the old man dies, when William Clay Ford dies, this team will get better." How's that worked out? It's like, oh, when we get a new owner, the Fords are growing in this team. Yeah, that's pr- that's probably true. But do you think they really care? Regardless or not, regardless if anyone shows up to that stadium or not. They're going to get paid. They're, they're they're getting paid. They're making money. You know. I haven't been to a Lions game in three years. I I know I haven't been to an NFL game since 2016, but that's for uh, different reasons. Um. But I haven't been to a Lions game since 2015. I want to say the last one I went to was uh, is either the game against the Cardinals when Matt Stafford got benched. I think that that might have been it. Or no, I think I went to one more game after that. I think I went to the game against the Raiders. And I didn't honestly. I didn't want to go. But my homeboy had never been to a Lions game, and basically begged me to to go with him. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I went to three games that year. I went to to uh, the season opener against the Broncos because that was Peyton Manning's last. That was basically my last chance to see Peyton Manning play live. Then I went to the Cardinals game because I actually liked the Arizona Cardinals a little bit and. Uh, the tickets were dirt cheap because the Lions suck. And then, uh, let me see. And then I went to the Raiders game, because, like I said, because my homeboy really wanted to go, and he actually likes the Raiders. So I I, I, I don't spend money on this team, although I, I, I kind of did earlier this year. I bought a ticket to a preseason game because I had a, you know, a friend of mine. She had never been to a Lions game, and, um, she wanted to go, so I'm like, all right, I guess I, I guess I'll go to a preseason game. But uh, she wasn't able to go, so I ended up selling the ticket before the game. So technically, I have not spent money on this team. <clears throat> and I'm telling you, man, my my foot my football watching uh, experience is a lot more enjoyable so if you want to jump off of that bandwagon people it's okay the, you, you don't win a prize for you know suffering through watching this team you, you don't you know there's no prize in the, in the cracker jack box you know what i mean you don't have to do this you can jump off the bandwagon you know you can you know change up your watching experience so it, it, you're you're enjoying it man you know you can you can go you know 
pick apples in the apple orchard if you want to instead of watching that team play football. You can uh, you know, spend time with your kids instead of watching the Lions play football. For those of you that have kids, you know, you can do other things. You don't have to ruin your Sundays watching this team kick you in the nuts every single week, every year. Enjoy yourself, man. <laughs> Life's too short. Life's too short to, you know, waste it on the Detroit Lions, man. So jump. Come on, man. Come on. Come to the dark side. It's it's, it's fun over here. <laughs> um, I think that's, like, all the points that I wanted to hit. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So she, once again, shout out to my homegirl Brittany. Um, I I hope that you you are serious about you know. And and look and here's the thing: she says she didn't want to be a fan anymore. You can still be a fan of the team, you know. I I do know, like, I do know. Let's just say by some miracle they ever get their shit together and they, you know go on a playoff run and get a home playoff game or they go to a Super Bowl, I might I might consider going down there. I might consider, you know, getting back on a bandwagon or whatever. I'll, I'll probably watch at that point, you know, them in the playoffs or if they get a home playoff game. But it's one of those things where it's like I don't have any expectations for it. I don't believe it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, if it ever happens, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. This team hasn't shown me anything that proves to me that they are serious about making bold decisions to change the culture of that organization. Until that happens, I'm I'm out. But if they ever and they started to do that this year. With them trading Golden Tate at the trading deadline and getting a third round pick for them and basically admitting that, hey, we ain't got what it takes to, to make it happen this year. Golden Tate is not going to resign here, so we better trade him now, so we can get this third round pick for him. And, and mind you, the Lions didn't don't have a, well before that they didn't have a pick in the third round. Uh, next year they traded their third round pick to get Carry On Johnson. I think it was. I think that was the trade that they made. So they now have a third round pick. They made a. a Another trade that a lot, I think went very underrated. It was a very good trade. They traded a fifth-round pick to get uh, Damon Snacks Harrison from the Giants. Honestly, I didn't know a lot about him, but in doing the research, I found out, man, like you traded a fifth-round pick and got an all-pro defensive tackle. He is, he is the best run blocker, run stopper in the NFL. Not one of, no, he is the best run-stopping defensive tackle in the league, and you got him for a fifth-round pick. So, so far, you've added a third-round pick, which you didn't have, and with your fifth-round pick, you got a guaranteed all-pro caliber defensive tackle who can come in and stop the run, which this this team was terrible at stopping the run. So, so far, as far as, like, setting up the future, two good moves by the Lions. Now, Let's let's go ahead and talk about what what they need to do next. What they need to do, they 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 started to do it. They they fired the special teams coordinator, but they need to go to that other coordinator, offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cougar. They should have never brought that guy back, but they they need to get rid of him, and they need to get rid of him now. Probably the best thing to do is to fire that guy like tonight, as for Sunday. What's this? Eleventh Sunday, November eleventh. They probably need to fire that guy tonight or tomorrow. Because uh, if they don't, is that Phillip Rivers to Keenan Allen? Yes, it is. Touchdown. Yes, sir. I got Phillip Rivers on a couple of my fantasy squads, y'all. <laughs> but as far as, like, you know, keeping hope alive for the fans, you need to fire Jim Bob Cooter. And Stafford wanted him back. That's the reason, from everything that I've heard, the reason why he came back is because Stafford didn't want to have to get used to another offensive coordinator. He wanted to keep Jim Bob Cooter. So he wanted to be comfortable instead of getting better. 
Jim Bob Cooter simplified this offense for him. He made it dummy proof, and like he do, he didn't want to learn how to get better. He just wanted to stick with the guy that he wanted to be comfortable. And that that lets you know right there, like why this organization is in the shape that it's in. Instead of making the changes to become better, to challenge yourself to to do great things, they just want to be comfortable. Oh. I'm one of the top five paid quarterbacks in the league. Good. I got my wife and my kids. Good. Hey, we got a new coach. Okay. Well, can I keep that same coordinator? Because I, I, I like I like that the fit there. It just felt warm and safe in the arms of Jim Bob Cooter. And that's why I can't roll with this team, man. So come to the dark side, people. Come on. It's okay. It's, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I know you've been doing this for a long time. You you don't have to let them abuse you anymore. Okay. Okay. Come on in. The shelter here on the dark side. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> All right, people. I'm gonna go ahead and um, end this recording and watch me some old footballs and. Uh, get an update on my how my fantasy teams are doing matter of fact let me do that real quick let me let me do that on the podcast real quick so i can uh gloat <laughs> kind of i don't even think it would be a humble brag it's just a brag at this point like i said uh the four leagues that i'm in i'm actually like following that i i got money on i'm like six and three and three of them and i'm five and four in the other one um, I'm in one more pay league, but I'm uh, not doing too well in that one at all. Let me see here. Yep, got a got a huge lead in that one. I'm currently leading 124 of the 91, and I think each of us have two guys playing right now. He's got Tyler Lockett going, and I've got Todd Gurley. So, hashtags, I'm probably going to be the number one team in that league by the time uh, the week is done. So, definitely happy about that because I think the number one team in that league is losing right now. Let me check that out. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's losing. And matter of fact, he didn't. he didn't set his lineup. So, yeah, I'm going to be number one in that league. Bam. Money. All right. Let me check out other one. Looks like I'm going to win that one. So, I'll be seven and three in that league. That one is the Sports Lab Fantasy Football League. Sports Lab is a podcast that I've been on a couple of times. Um, my my co-host on uh, Knockouts and Three Counts, Kyle, he's been on that show. Um, we've had, I think, Hayden, who used to be a part of their show. He's been on our show on, on Knockouts and Three Counts. So, yeah, you know, cool guys over there. You know, check them out. Check out uh, the Sports Lab podcast. You can find them on um, pretty much every network under the, I think, the Echo Network. Basically, wherever you listen to your podcast, check out the Echo Network. You'll be able to find them. Um, oh, make sure you listen to Knockouts and Three Counts, my other podcast where we talk wrestling and MMA. And, uh, hey, hey, this weekend, people, this Saturday, if you're not doing anything, you want to see some good wrestling action, and if you want to meet a young lady that participated in the May Young Classic uh, this year, come check out BCWA and Wyandotte at the Copeland Center. Um. Uh, this is going to be part two of the Tag Year It uh, series where they're going to crown um, the BCWA Tag Team Champions. So, bam. Come on out this Saturday, November 17th, people, to the Copeland Center in Wyandotte, Michigan. It's a good time. Like I said, Allison K., um, who participated in the May Young Classic will be there. She's going to be a uh, featured attraction, so you 
get there get there early. You should, she'll be there signing autographs and taking pictures and uh, kissing hands and shaking babies and all that good stuff. So uh, come on out. And if you're going to come out, come say hi to me. I'll be the tall black guy in the Kangol. <laughs> we'll be there, um, you know, recording and uh, talking to uh, some of the wrestlers there, too. So it's going to be a good time. Come check us out. But uh, let me see. Let me see how my other teams are doing. Yeah, that one's going to be a loss. Yeah, and that's pretty much going to end my season. So we'll see. Kind of disappointed in that one, but oh well. I'm still going to probably end up with some money this year. Uh Uh-oh, girly, uh uh-oh, almost broke one. Okay. All right, all right, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I think that's all the all I have to say. Oh, let me, let me get this one plug out there. Like I said, make sure you check out the the Knockouts and Three Counts show, and uh, you can find us on all podcast networks. Just find Podcast Detroit. Uh, shout out to the Podcast Detroit Network. Uh, subscribe to Podcast Detroit on all your networks, and you'll be able to find our show there. Uh, go to our Facebook page, uh, Knockouts and Three Counts. Just type it in your search bar, and in our show page will pop right up. Go ahead and uh, subscribe and like and share out our our Facebook page. While you're on Facebook, check out the Reality Era News group where we talk wrestling. And uh, uh, you can follow Knockouts and Three Counts on Twitter and Instagram. Our tag is KO3CPod. That's KO3CPod. And uh, you can get updates on Twitter and Instagram on the show. And uh, follow me personally on Twitter at Devin the Six Three. That's D E V I N T H E Six Three. You can find me on Instagram at All Stake No Sizzle. That's one word, no spaces, none of that other stuff. Just All Stake No Sizzle. Um, hey, if you're looking for a car, check out SouthfieldQualityCars.com. Once you go on their website and you say, let's think of a random vehicle. Uh, I've been watching Making a Murderer. So let's say you go on uh, not, I mean, on uh, SouthfieldQualityCars.com and you see, hey, they got a Toyota RAV4 on there. I like that Toyota RAV4. When you go into Southfield Quality Cars and you say, hey, I want that Toyota RAV4 and I have this reference code. And that reference code is 19309. Once again, that's 19309, and you will receive $500 off on your purchase. So get your Toyota RAV4 for $500 cheaper. <laughs> I'm laughing because I can actually, you know, do that without my co-host being an idiot. But, um, yeah, check out Southfield Quality Cars. You know, check out the inventory. Like I said, use the reference code 19309 and you will receive $500 off of your purchase. Uh, like I said, come come out to BCWA this weekend, people, at the Copa Center in Wyandotte, Michigan. If you want to get advanced tickets, check out GoBCWA.com. That's GoBCWA.com. And follow them on all their, their social medias. And, hey, also this weekend on Sunday... If you want to come hang out with me and the fellas from Knockouts and Three Counts and the fellas from Breaking Down the Ring podcast, it's also on Podcast Detroit. Uh, the fellas from Breaking Down the Ring are putting together a SummerSlam viewing party at an Eastern Market at a little bar called Thomas McGee's. We were there for SummerSlam and we had a great time. Uh, we're going to be giving away prizes, all kinds of uh, prizes. We had uh man so so many gifts and gave away a championship belt a wwe championship belt last time uh, signed autographs from uh, nxt and wwe stars um so much you know, like dvd there's so many great gifts that were given away and get if you get there early and you fill out uh, a scorecard and if your predictions are right you win a prize for that as well so great time like I said it's gonna be at Thomas McGee's 
this Sunday, November 18th. That's an Eastern market. Come on down, people. And come watch the Survivor Series with us. Watch Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey with the fellas from Knockouts and Three Counts and Breaking Down the Rain. All of both of us on the podcast Detroit Network. It's a great time. So, I think with all of that being said, is there anything else that I need to say? Nope. That's it. All right. Till next time, people. Take care of yourself. And Andy. Oh, wait. That's not my. That's not my tagline. Um. Zip it up and zip it. No, no. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever went. Wait, no, 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 that's not it. Either. Oh, yeah, I know how it is. Till next time.